Well, we are continuing the series by design. And uh, as I shared, it was the series that was birthed on my sabbatical as I was just reading the Bible, going through, uh, just being a Christian, reading the Bible. And I did not set a goal for sermons, but I did have uh, part of 39 sermon series that God gave me. And uh, Becca said, you know, be sure to tell everybody that while you're reading the Bible, you didn't write out an entire sermon. You know, you just did the outline or the main idea. Like, be sure to let them know you golfed a lot too, you know. How many thankful for a spouse that keeps you on the straight and narrow, right? She's like, I'm your truth detector, so don't let them think that you wrote 39 full series, and I did, but part of it, and uh, I just realized the other day it would take me a couple years to get through that, so some of those you'll never hear from, maybe it was just for me on the sabbatical, but uh, I love this one, by design. By design that we are called to be builders. And I'm, I'm trying to get you a, a look at Genesis and what I think God has put in us and some things that we should live up to and, and do in our life. And I think by design, um, we said in week one that you are called to be a builder. You are called to be, every one of us, there's something within us that God's given us these things, be fruitful, multiply, uh, fill, you know, and, and he's saying you're a builder. And then in week two, we talked about you're called to beautify. There's a little bit of gardener in all of us. There's a little bit of artist in all of us. And I've got the, the business district in week one and the art district in week two. They're all happy with Pastor Rob. And uh, I, I'm, I'm enjoying this series. And we've got this week and one more. And uh, I do realize that last week in the second, you know, in one of the services, I spelled beautiful wrong. And uh, I do realize that I thought I did and I did, it was verified. So uh, I'm working on my spelling this week. And uh, also I, I, I didn't realize this, but they said in week one, I meant to say, turn to the book of Genesis. And somebody said that I said, turn to the book of generosity, okay? And uh, I really confused uh, one of our campuses. There is no book of generosity, okay? Uh, the whole thing is very generous and maybe it was a Freudian slip, you know? But uh, the book of Genesis, we are going there today. If you have your Bibles with me, you're gonna have to follow along. There's a lot of scriptures. If you're taking notes, I'm gonna give you a lot of uh, scriptures that we're gonna look at. And I'm so thankful that our tech team puts them on the screen, that they follow along the best they can. Sometimes I call audibles, but there's a lot here. And uh, today I wanna pick it up again. Uh, we're builders, we're called to beautify a day. It's another B. We are blessed to be a blessing. I believe that. When I look at the Word of God and I looked at Genesis, I see over and over and over again, we are blessed, we are blessed, we are blessed, but we're not blessed to keep it, we're blessed to be a blessing. And I, and I noticed that, that even the scripture that we used in week one, in Genesis 1:28, it says, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish in the sea and the birds of the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. But he started that verse with God bless them. God bless them. And then he told them what to do. God bless them. And then he gave them a command. And the command was like, I want you to build. I want you to do these things. I want you to go that. I want you to, but you're blessed. You're blessed. And as they were blessed, and as you look at the whole Bible, I hope to open your eyes to this, that you are blessed by God and you are blessed by God to be a blessing. When he blesses you, he wants you to take what you've been giving and given and be a blessing to other people. And he's saying, I want you to be blessed and I want you to be a blessing and I want you to bring glory to my name. 
Now he's saying, I've blessed you. I want you to be a blessing, bring glory to my name. And there's always a struggle. And the Bible records that struggle very well for us. It gives us great detail. There's always a struggle when we're blessed and we have it within our DNA to be builders and to beautify and we're blessed. There's always a struggle that we're, we're wondering, am I gonna bless me or if I'm gonna bless him? There's always a struggle. You'll see it in Genesis. Again, we're gonna look at some scripture. Genesis chapter three in verse five, Satan's tempting um, Adam and Eve and he's uh, tempting Eve and he's saying, you know, you can't eat from that forbidden fruit. And he says, God knows that when you eat it, your eyes will be open. You'll be like God knowing good and evil. And, and the devil is trying to elevate Adam and Eve like, come on, you're blessed, but you know, you're not getting the good deal out of this. I know you're bringing blessing to him, but he's withholding things. You ought to be doing something for yourself. You ought to be taking the blessings and grabbing all you can for you. How many know that's been the devil's plan all along? He's trying to take as much as he can for himself. He has a, a problem with all the blessings of God, bringing glory to God. And Isaiah 14 just gives us a, a little glimpse into the arrogance and the pride because there's always been a conflict between being blessed and lifting up the name of God or being blessed and wanting to lift up your own name. We're gonna look at that today. But in Isaiah 14, uh, verses 13 and 14, it's speaking about the devil. And it says, you said in your heart, I will ascend to the heavens. I'll raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mount of the assembly in the utmost heights of Mount Zaphon. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I'll make myself like the most high. And the devil's saying, you know, God's got all these great things and God had given him all sorts of blessings. And the devil is like, I want to be lifted up. I want my name to be important. And God's like, no, you're blessed to be a blessing for my name. And so the devil's like having this rebellion. And so he plants it within man's heart. Like you are, you are a builder, you're, you're beautifying things and you're blessed, but, but what about you? G grab all the blessings for you. Why don't you build a name for yourself? Why don't you grab the blessing and keep it here? Why don't you hold on to it? And there's a temptation for all of us. Do, am I blessed for me or am I blessed for him? Am I blessed to be a blessing or am I gonna keep it here and hold it on? And so as, we, as I was reading through Genesis and I, I see this tension going on and it's like seeing this, just this revelation of blessed to be a blessing, I realized that man is so selfish, so selfish, so selfish. Satan has come on the scene and he's made man so sinful and so selfish that God says that I've got to start over. I've got to start over with mankind. And so he brings the flood, but he saves Noah and his family. And he saves Noah and his family and he says this same Interesting thing, he says the same blessing in Genesis 9-1, it says this, then God blessed Noah and his sons saying to them, be fruitful, increase in number, fill the earth. It's like he's given the same command, like you're a builder, you're gonna beautify and now you're gonna be blessed to be a blessing. I want you to, I want you to lift up my name and they were so sinful and so selfish. Think about lifting up my name. Just an interesting thought here. I've noticed this as I've looked at the blessings of God. When I look at the word of God, I've noticed that blessings usually precede a command. 
You get a blessing from God, and then he's like, now I want you to do something with it. I'm blessing you, and I want you to do something with it, and I want you to bring glory and honor to my name. I won't read the scripture, but in 1 Timothy, uh, Paul's telling Timothy, he's like, hey, tell people that are blessed financially. Tell people that are blessed financially. Matter of fact, command them to be rich in good deeds, to be rich towards the kingdom of God. Like if they're blessed, here's the command that comes along behind it. There's, there's a command with the blessing. And if you are blessed, here's what we should be asking all the time. Lord, I'm blessed. What's next? Lord, I'm blessed. What's, what's, what next? You've blessed me with this. You've blessed me. What should I do to bring glory and honor to your name? If you don't ask that question, I think that the devil will come along pretty quick and go, you're blessed, keep it. You're blessed, save it for a rainy day. You're blessed, it's all about you, all right? So we see this, God's like, uh, Noah, you're blessed, you're blessed, you're blessed. I want you to be fruitful. I want you to increase. I want you to multiply. He says it in Genesis chapter 9, 1. He says it in uh, chapter 9, verse 7. But I just want to point out one quick scripture in between there that just is an amazing scripture that has nothing to do with our sermon, I would say, though, all right? In Genesis chapter 9, 3, he says, Everything that lives and moves about will be food for you. Just as I gave you green plants, I now give you everything. You know what that means? God lifted the ban on meat in that scripture. Come on. I just bought a barbecue grill this weekend. I might engrave Genesis 9-3 on it. I'm just saying. He said, you can eat it. You can eat it. And in Louisiana, they literally take it, you know, you can eat everything. I, I lived there for a while. I've eaten snake, alligator, and raccoon. All right. People say, what's raccoon like? Greasy chicken. Don't do it. All right. That felt like just a little interrupt. All right. Back to it. Back to it. But there's selfishness and sin in all, all throughout Genesis. I'm, I'm seeing this as God's giving me this and I'm, I'm studying this and I'm realizing we're blessed to be a blessing and there's this tension. Um, are you going to do it for your glory or his glory? And it seems to really hit a peak, if you will, in Genesis chapter 11. Genesis chapter 11, there's like this peak moment of people realizing we are blessed. God's put within us this desire to be builders and to beautify. And, and they start getting even more selfish. They get more selfish. And in Genesis chapter 11, instead of being blessed to be a blessing, they start making it about themselves even more than anyone else. In Genesis chapter 11, it says this, now the whole world had one language and a common speech. As people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used bricks instead of stone and tar for mortar. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make names for ourselves. Otherwise, we'll be scattered over the face of the whole earth. And as I read that, I realized that there's more to that story than kind of what I grabbed as a, a Sunday school student or even as a Bible college student. I'd read that and I'd think God didn't like they were building a tower. They were trying to get to the heavens. God must be against tall buildings and everything. I'm just kind of simplifying it. But here's the thing. It's way more than a tower. It doesn't even say they were building a tower first. They were building a city. They said, we're going to build a city and this city is going to have a tower in it that brings glory to us. We're going to make a name for ourselves and we are blessed 
to keep it to us. We are blessed to make a name for ourselves and it's all about us. And the Bible tells us that God came down in verse five and he looked at their city and the tower and he saw their arrogance. And they're like, this is our city. This is our tower. We are blessed to build something great for ourselves. We want to be known as a one name city. We are going to be, Bab- we are going to be Babel. We are going to be this tower. We're going to have it and we're going to name it. They're going to have one name. How many know you have arrived when you have a one name identifier? Sting. Madonna. Cher. How many know Prince? LeBron. Hillary, Trump, you have one name. You don't have to say, who, which one is that? They know. And they were like, we want one name. We want to arrive. We want the fame. It's all about us. We're going to build a city and we're going to build a tower. And I'll tell you right now, you can either build a tower or you can build a temple. And I know that we're not actually building the Old Testament temple anymore, but I'm telling you what, you can either build a tower for yourself or you can build something for God's glory and God's honor. And, and, and God's all the time like, I'm blessing you. I'm blessing you. I want to bless you so that you will be a blessing to everybody. I want you to rule and fill and do all these good things. And it's not about you. It's for my glory. Satan's in there. No, it's about your glory. And there's this battle going on back and forth, back and forth in Genesis. Tower or temple, your name, his name. What are you going to build for? And I'm here to tell you, church, we are blessed to be a blessing. When, we, when God brings us things it, and, we, and he blesses us in so many ways, we're saying, God, it's for your glory and for your honor. Man, if you bless us, we're going to ask you what's next. That's the way we're going to live. As a church, as a follower of yours, we are going to say, what's next? And the devil will come and whisper, man, it's about you. It's about you. It's not about me. It's about him. We are blessed to be a blessing. I believe that God's not opposed to big things. He's just opposed to big shots, okay? God's not opposed to big things. He's just opposed to big shots, okay? And I could prove that to you because as we continue in, in Genesis chapter 12, God finds a guy who understands he's going to be a blessing and he's going to be blessed to be a blessing, So in Genesis chapter 12, the Lord says to Abram, go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. He says, I'm going to make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I'll make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. He's like, Abram, I I have a plan and I want to bless you. I'm moving you from where you are to where you need to be because I have a big blessing that's coming through you. And I want to, as I pour out my blessings on you, it's so it can go to other people. And it's as if God was saying, Abram, you're going to be like my middleman. I'm going to pour out blessings on you. And I want you to just keep thinking about how you can be a blessing, how it's going to come to you, to go through you. And you are going to be blessed to be a blessing. How many believe that you are the middleman of God's blessings? God, God is blessing you so that you could go to places and, and bring the blessing. You're just the middle. Now, some of you say middleman. That's a bad term. Not in this reference. You know, I had, I had the opportunity once to be a middleman 
on a, I was helping this business person out, and he said, hey, if you do this and this and this, I'm going to pay you, and I just need you to do this. And I was like, okay. And I did it, and at the end of it, and he goes, now, how much of the deal do you want to keep? You're the middleman. How much do you want to keep? And I was like, the pressure. Like, how much can I keep? I'm the middleman. What's the fee for a middleman? And I said, $300? And he goes, deal. And I was like, oh, $500? You know, <laughs> middlemen are worth more than that, all right? But there was pressure. There was pressure. I was handling a lot of stuff, and I was like, how much do I get to keep out of this? And God's like, Abram, Abraham, I'm going to bless you. I want to bless you. And as I pour out my blessings on you, I want it to go to you, through you, to all these other people. You're not going to build a tower for yourself. You're building really my temple, my church. And please understand, anytime I say temple, I'm really saying for God's glory and for God's honor. And Abraham realized, like, I'm not building something for my name. I'm building something for his name. And he says, it's coming to me, it's going through me, I'm going to be a blessing. And Hebrews 11 gives us insight to this. Everybody else is trying to build a city with a tower for their name and for their glory and for their honor. Abraham's saying, you know what, I'm building a city for God. And Hebrews tells us this, Hebrews chapter 11, verses 8 through 10, it says, By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign land, in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. The writer of Hebrews is saying, hey, Abraham knew it. He had the same thing within him. He's a builder. He's a beautifier. He's got the same thing, but he decided, I'm going to build a different city. I'm going to build the one for God's glory. I'm blessed to be a blessing for his name and for his glory and for his honor. If it's coming to me, I'm doing it for his glory and his honor. And it's going to be a temptation for us all over and over and over again. Am I going to do this city or this city? A tower or a temple, what am I going to build for? It's very real. It's very real where you're, you're wondering, uh, how much should I spend and how much time? And is it about me? It's about God. I am blessed to be a blessing. I just want us to grab that. I am blessed to be a blessing. Every time, you know, we get any type of raise or anything, I always pray, God, did you want to raise my standard of living or my standard of giving? Where am I in this? Why, why am I blessed in this way? I'll never forget this. When we were younger, um, my mom and dad wanted to do uh, foster parenting. They wanted to do foster parenting. And they were trying to explain to us that we were going to open up our home to all these foster girls. And my mom and dad took in somewhere in the range of 70 to 100 foster girls over all the years. And they just said, here's the best way we can explain this to you. You've been blessed to have a good home and a good family. And, and God wants you in that blessing to be able to help other people that haven't had a good family. And we want to welcome them into our home. Do you boys agree with that, that we should open up our home and we should be uh, giving that blessing out? We've been blessed to be a blessing. And how many know, like, we're young, we're like, sure, you know, I mean, let's do this. But how many know that meant I had to share a room with my brother for my entire life? 
How many other other things? But it was like, they were like, no, you don't understand. You're blessed to be. It's not about you getting a private room. It's not about you having it. It's you're blessed to be a blessing. And if our home has a blessing on it, we want to be a blessing to the people that don't have it. Let's bring them in. It's part of our call. It's, it's, it's different for every one of us, but you're blessed to be a blessing. And I think you should have that mentality in your finances, in your time, in your talents. How has God blessed us to be a blessing? And how can I build his glory and his name and not my name? It's, it's an amazing thing. You see it over and over again as I jump out of Genesis and, and would move to 1 Kings. It caught me again as I realize people saying, I'm doing it for your glory and for your honor. It's, I'm blessed, I wanna do, I wanna do things that lift up your name. And, and if you don't know about it, David wanted to build a, a, a temple for God's glory. He's like, I wanna build the temple. You know, everybody's building cities and, and, he, and he even has that moment where he's like, here, I'm living in an amazing palace and God's got this little tent. I wanna do something big for God. I mean, I, I've got all these blessings. I should build something amazing for God. I should do this. And God's like, you can't do it, David. You're a man of war, but I want your son to build something amazing for me, okay? He can do it. And Solomon says, all right, I get to do this. And I want to read to you what he says in 1 Kings uh, chapter 5, verses 3 through 5. He says, you know that because of the wars waged against my father David from all sides, he could not build the temple, catch this, for the name of the Lord his God until he put his enemies under his feet. But now the Lord my God has given me rest on every side and there's no adversary or disaster I intend, therefore, to build a temple for the name of the Lord my God, as the Lord told my father David when he said, your son, whom I will put on the throne in your place, will build the temple for my name. I just love it over and over again. People have the revelation that it's, it's for his name. It's for his glory. Solomon's like, I am blessed. We are blessed. Even David, he couldn't even build the temple, but he's like, I will give the supplies. I want to just be generous. I was blessed to be a blessing. I want to do something amazing for God. I don't want to build a big tower and leave God over. It's all about God. I want to invest and I want to live for God. I'm blessed to be a blessing. If you're in the middle, it's a mess. If God's in the middle, it's blessed. If you're in the middle, it's a mess. If God's in the middle, it's blessed. And it's like, I want to go and do what's blessed. And I want to put God in the middle. I want to build his church, build his name and do that. If I'm blessed, what's next? If I'm blessed, what's next? And I believe that it's in many, many, many different areas. I believe that um, we are called to be when we're blessed by God, again, like with the family illustration, I believe when you are blessed and you have the peace of God, God didn't just give you that peace so you could just walk around living in the peace and not give it away to other people. When God saves you and gives you forgiveness, he didn't save you just to keep your mouth closed so that you get in and don't talk. He's like, I saved you. Now you've been blessed. Now go be a blessing. I've always been challenged. People have said, like, if people had the same passion to share the blessings of God's salvation as the person that led you to the Lord, like, do you have the same passion as the person that led you to the Lord? Yes or no? Well, it's Billy Graham that led me to the Lord, you know? And I always feel like I'm nowhere near the passion he did. But they're like, do you have that same passion? Like, if somebody gave you this beautiful gift and they didn't keep it to themselves, go out and give it to somebody else. Open your mouth. If you've been blessed, 
be a blessing. Open your heart to people in need. Open your heart. If you've been blessed to be a blessing, maybe some need to open up their home. I was talking to Todd Mullins. He spoke at our conference this week. And he said, they thought, how could we do this? We have so many healthy homes and healthy families in our church. How, we've been blessed. We have these amazing families in our church. We are blessed. And with, a, with another church, they went to another really large church. They're running about 28,000 people. And the other church was running about 17,000. They said, you know what we could do? We have enough healthy homes in our churches. We could empty all the kids waiting for a foster home, all the kids, we could get them into homes right now. What do you say? And they went after it. And their goal now is to empty their county of all these kids that are waiting and saying, you're going into a Christian home. They've been blessed to be a blessing. You get to come in on that blessing. They're not just going to say, hey, there's a, a private room for each of our kids and no interruptions. They're bringing in the interruptions saying, we're blessed to be a blessing. What can we do with it to build his name. They said the mayor's paying attention. The people are like, this is amazing. And, and they're giving some credit to the church, but they keep deflecting it to you like, hey, we're blessed to be a blessing. We're blessed to be a blessing. And there's more, even with our, with our finances. We need to open up our, our hands and say, God, here's what I have. I want to build your house. I want to, I want to build your glory, your kingdom. I want to do it for your glory and for your honor. I don't want to just build my things. I want to build your thing. And I believe we've been blessed to be a blessing. And uh, Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 9, 6. He says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will reap generously. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Man, he's saying you're blessed to be a blessing. God's going to bless you. Now be a blessing. We live amongst the richest of the world. It's an easy way for us to say we've been blessed to be a blessing. We will tithe. We'll do kingdom builders. We will give the mission. We are blessed to be a blessing. And later on in that chapter, he says, your generosity will result in praise to the name of God. When you're blessed to be a blessing, he's like, if you're generous, man, it's going to result in the praise to God. And I just want to challenge you to, to realize when it comes to the area of finances, that you've been blessed to be a blessing. And we should live as the middleman, like how much do I keep and how much do I give? I'll let you in on a challenge that I haven't shared before. Years ago, when I was a youth pastor, one of my youth sponsors, this was years ago, probably 30 years ago, one of my youth sponsors, uh, he said to me, he said, you know what I, I realized? I wanted to build the things of God more than I built the things of mine. And he said, I set out as a challenge. I wanted to give more to God's house than my house. And I wanted to see if I could ever give more to God than my house payment. And I wanted to build more to his house than, than my house. And I was like, that's amazing. I mean, at that point, I was a youth pastor. I made $16,000 a year. I was like, that's incredible that you could do that. He's like, yeah, I actually give more to God than I do to my house. And he goes, I think you're supposed to do that. I was like, I don't. <laughs> I make $16,000. Like, there's not, I mean, I don't know how that's going to work, you know. And he goes, no, I think you ought to pray for that. I'll never forget it. I just sat there thinking, I think, I don't know that you're hearing from the Lord. You know, like, 
that's a, I mean, how's that ever going to happen? I mean, and he goes, no, really. And he was just tenacious. I can just see him now. I was, he was just tenacious. I think you ought to pray for that, that you could give more to God's house than your house. And I've held that in the back of my mind. And, and I thought it just, I keep echoing. I hear it echo over and over again, over and over again. And um, I'll tell you, we got to that spot where we now give more to the work of the Lord than we do to our house. And I can tell you this, it's kind of a neat thing to say, Lord, your house gets more than my house. Your house gets more than my house. Man, it took us years and positioning and being good stewards and living financial peace and doing these things and and making calculated decisions of how we're going to do that. But we got to that spot. That's just a thought for you, man. I'm blessed to be a blessing. I want to build his house. I want to do it with the way we open up our house, with the way we use our gifts, with the way we do our finances. I just believe church, we're very affluent. We're very blessed. We are builders, we're beautifiers, and we're blessed to be a blessing. And I'm just praying that we'll say, I don't want to build a tower. I want to build a temple. I don't want to build my name. I want to build your name. I've been blessed to be a blessing. And it's by design that we've been blessed to build his kingdom. And I pray that we'll grab a hold of that. It's all throughout the Bible. Blessed to be a blessing. Let's not build towers. Let's build the kingdom. Let's not build it for our glory. And again, there's stuff that you get to keep. There's a part as a middleman you get to keep. But we ought to say, God, how much do I keep? How much do I give? I've been blessed to be a blessing. So Lord, I just pray right now for the church. I pray that we'd realize that. Our giving can just say, we bring glory to God. Our giving can say, we bring glory to your name. Our giving and our living can say, we bring glory and honor to your name. And we have been blessed to be a blessing. We are builders. We are artists. We beautify. But Lord, we are blessed to be a blessing. And we have the privilege of living in this country and at this time to be so blessed. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that we'd live our life blessing your name, building your kingdom, building the temple, again, your church, and not the tower to our name. Help us, Lord Jesus, to realize we are blessed to be a blessing.